G'day and welcome to another Pod Pod talking our team previews for AFL Fantasy Season 2024. We're talking the Frio Dockers clearly on this episode. And uh, back again with the Statesman, five-time top 100 finisher in the fantasy format. We've got two-time top 10 finisher, Harmy, and regular man in the triple figures, Louis. And not too far away from a hat, dare I say, potentially 2024 could be his year. But let's dive straight into Fremantle and get into some of the team numbers before we jump further into some players that you want to hear about. Team numbers for Frio, 14th on the ladder in 2023. But seventh for AFL fantasy scoring, pretty fantasy friendly, especially a couple of guys up the top end. They were seventh for disposals, sixth for marks, fourth for handballs though, so they were 15th for kicks. So they liked utilizing the hand, get the mark, and then the quick give off to the handball. Um, They were only better than West Coast and North Melbourne for meters gained. So that's a bit of a damning stat there in terms of how they're moving the footy. And uh, sounds like there's a fair bit of moving pieces at Fremantle already. They can't stay the same this year um, if they're going to want to move up the ladder, Louis. No, they can't, mate. But those are some interesting numbers for sure. We we often see uh, Fremantle as this kick mark team, but to be so low on metres gained actually surprises me a bit. Uh, they definitely need to change something up. They made finals in 2022 and pretty much uh, disappointed most pundits last year. I'm not sure how much difference we are going to see as uh, Longmuir goes into his last year of coaching. I think um, he's going to be betting on a little bit of... What are we laughing at? <laughs> that he's going his... into his last year of coaching. You just well, damn so him. Put, you've retired long said the same about Ken Hinckley last year. <laughs> Potentially, didn't I? <laughs> but uh, look, is, this isn't going to be a guy who's going to be trying new things. He's going to be backing his system over the last few years to to bounce back to what was a disappointing 2023. And uh, I think they've got the cattle to do it. I think maybe it was a bit of an anomaly. So I think we will see a little bit of a similar game style. You'd think that maybe those metres gained goes up a little bit as teams transition to quicker, faster uh, more ground gained football, but uh, Fremantle super relevant this year, uh, more so than I can remember in previous years. I wonder how much of it was the actual change um, of the fixturing model. So you, you you perform poorly one year, you get an easier fixture because they rotate the the six six and six. So I wonder if the year they made the finals twenty two, they rolled out in twenty three with a much harder fixture model. The only joy they would have automatically got was obviously playing West Coast twice, of course. But all of a sudden they had harder opponents more often. Did that actually just expose the weaknesses they had and people were paying more attention to their game style? So I wonder if it was a circumstances thing rather than they really just dropped off. And one more injury. thing. Sorry, they had Sorry, a bit of injury ahead. as well. Like they yeah. lost Sean Darcy for periods of the year. Um, Nat Fife didn't play much, and when he did, he didn't. He looked banged up anyway. So, yeah, there's a few other, you know, things disadvantaging them as well. I reckon lost, lost lob as well. I don't think Tabner played much footy, so yeah, scoreboard acres. impact clearly a bit of a problem there. 
One one other thing uh, that I see Selby often uh, tweets about and uh, and backs up the numbers, obviously as Selby always does. Uh, the second youngest team in the AFL yeah, last year as well, go. behind so Hawthorne was the youngest. So um, look, inexperienced as well as there. You know they came out like you said, Stato, but backing it up is always tougher, especially when people know your game plan. So look, yep. they're they're still a team on the up. I think there's no doubt about that. But let's see how this year goes. Um, and let's look at a trade period to see what they really changed. And, and to be honest, not much. Um, they're in a bunch of draft picks, some rookies, etc. But they brought in Jeremy Sharp, who's a hot topic who we'll talk about um, from the Suns. But I wouldn't say a marquee name in, in free agency there. And then Oscar McDonald as well coming across. They're notable outs, unfortunately, losing some more players this offseason as well, which is going to be tough to cover. Lockie Schultz. Up forward, heading off to the Pies, and then Liam Henry off to the Saints as well, who really kind of broke out last year as well. So they'd got him to a point, but he'd already said he'd had enough of the Freo Dockers, and off he went. And then Joel Hamling as well headed off. So let's talk about their buy round. Um, thankfully, unlike the Suns, who we covered on the last show, they don't have to deal with the opening round. So we don't have to talk about that as much. It's not a concern. They have the round 13 buy. Stato, talk us through what the round 13 buy means for you and your planning. Yeah, so there's only two teams on round 13. So um, it takes a little bit of pressure off. The The reality is if you load up Frio players and you load up Port players that you want to keep for the season, you're actually going to bottom out a little bit in round 13. So although some people say it's a good buy, in it's a good buy to give you an easy 18 players to field. But the reality is you still should be looking to get the balance right. So if you bring in a lot of Frio players, think of the ones that you're going to actually bring in that you can sell at round 12. So I'm talking the Heath Chapman types that have got a fair bit of value. If you're selecting a heap of those, that's fine as long as you've got the plans before round 13. Um, I would say with Port and Frio, don't go any further than three or four um, of these premiums. Otherwise, you'll have a bit of a dip that round. Great, uh, great buy round coverage. Love having our buy round expert Stato deliver those nuggets of gold. Buy rounds, probably not something that some of the more casual coaches are thinking about, including myself. But um, look, it's important to start thinking about that stuff this early. That's why the man's got five time times uh, in the top 100. So great insight, Stato, as always. Uh, the popular picks, 10 plus percent ownership for Freo. There's three players. Let's talk about the first one. Popular for fantasy coaches at the moment. Haven't seen too much from the Fremantle media about how this guy's going though, but I have seen a few pipe shots of him out on the track. It is Jeremy Sharp, 33% owned, coming in heavily, heavily discounted due to not barely playing um, at the Suns the last couple of years. Harmy, Jeremy Sharp, do you think he can replace Liam Henry in that wing role and does he have a spot at the Dockers? Yes, and yes. Look, there's competition uh, for the spot. Like, you know, you know Nathan O'Driscoll, um, but there, there are others that have been here. James Ace, I'm not really sure where he's at. So he's not exactly the walk-up starter, but um, he's in a lot of media reports. Uh, they were keen to get him, um, should have got him a year ago. The Suns were just... Uh, playing a bit of a game there, I think. So I think they want him to be there. Uh, he's from WA. I think he's in for a good season and he should be lining up on that wing. 
Um, and if you can get his disposal efficiency, it's a win-win for the Dockers and for Sharp for this season. Priced at 200 and... Uh, what is he? 284. So he's, he's rookie priced, and I think that he will be uh, in a lot of fantasy teams. Yeah, I love it. He's been one waiting in the wings for quite some time. Big junior numbers, as we always look at, but uh, has never really come to fruition. Hopefully, Fremantle is the place where he can finally take off. Uh, Hayden Young at 31%, probably one of the biggest names this preseason, just given his defensive status and given the on-ball move. There was some media today that there's match sim. Obviously, it's January, and we've had a few people poke fun at uh, you know making making these big calls in January and, and, you know, it's very early in the preseason. But Louis Hayden Young, massive talking point and looks like he's set for a full-time midfield role in 2024. Yeah, he's been the hype guy probably towards the end of last year and certainly this year so far. Uh, in terms of match practice, yes, he is there in the midfield and uh, you are right. We sometimes put more weight in these things than what we should, but... Uh, what's important to me is the messaging from the club and the people in the know is consistently that Hayden Young's going to be running through that midfield. They see him as a full-time midfielder and they clearly really value what he brings to the table. So that combined with his defensive status in AF and his ability to score, which we saw from look a little bit of a uh, limited sample size, those last five or six games last year. But um, what he sort of impressed me with is that he was able to get the extra tackles as well as still take his his marks, which we were used to off that halfback flank. So, yeah, no surprises that he's at 31%. In fact, I would have thought it'd be a little bit higher given all the uh, all the hype out there. Just, um, I mean, obviously keen defender, available as a defender and priced at um, 89. But, guys, any concern about having the three, Brayshaw, Sarong, Young? I mean, they're all slightly different players, but... Can we see they're all going over 100? Is, that, is there a world where that happens? Doesn't happen often. I mm. can only think of uh, GWS would have gone close. Of course, Geelong way back in the day. Dogs maybe did it. Um, I'm struggling to think of any others. Uh, that being said, uh, a 95 from a defender is still pretty good for a pass mark and you'd be able to probably slip him down to D5, D6 come the end of the season at that at that average. So, yeah, I, I think potentially we can see 2-110s and maybe a 95 there. Um, just Dossie did some rare research on Hayden Young a couple of weeks ago. I was looking at some points per minute stuff and uh, Hayden Young was sixth at Frio at 0.87 points per minute um, for the season. But in the final five rounds when he was playing as an inside mid, his points per minute was over one uh, per minute, which is really like it's it's oh. massive. It's, it's with the top elite players of the comp, so um, oh, fantasy in terms of fantasy scoring. So, yeah, that's some big numbers there for Hayden Young. And I'm on board. I think I think all of us are probably on board Hayden Young at the moment. It's going to be interesting to see him. And if he does... Take that big step up. Um, let's talk about Andrew Brayshaw, though, um, Harmy, to your point of the players that, you know, are going to consistent scorers in that premium bracket, 12% owned, very popular pick, and ha- a guy that's gone 180 already in his career. Oh, look, yeah, I've sort of been interested and then not interested and then interested and not, I'm just a little bit undecided on Brayshaw. But um, as Stato said earlier, I like the, the buy. I like you, you'll get him throughout all of these early buy periods. He's priced at 110 
Uh, I think I can't remember what the stat was. He went for one fourteen after the buy or something like that last year. Uh, was hampered a little bit early in the season with a knee injury, but I just think that one ten is about where he's going to be. Um, I just think that there, as as I said, there's a little bit of different um, versatility in the midfield there with Sarong and Young and whoever else chimes in, be it a Johnson, Fife, Erasmus, something like that. But um, I can't really see him going up because he's not going to be the number one player for, for everything. Um, and there is a chance that he plays outside at times too, I think, um, with, you know, Young being a fairly large, um, solid guy, um, defensive player. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a watch, but I'm not completely sold at this point, Dossie. Because yeah, they're, they're already talking about Fife going in there full-time. Sarong is pretty much a pure centre-bounce midfielder, clearance beast. Uh, Hayden Young, they're talking big minutes. So it starts to thin out a little bit towards that. Four, five, six. I'm not saying Brayshaw is going to be sitting there uh, in that rotation at that point, but he does seem like the player that has the most ability to go onto the outside and still have yeah. an impact on the game. All right, well, let's talk about the big dogs who were the top three averaging players from last year. We've already clearly covered off Andrew Brayshaw there at number one for Frio, but number two, only just behind him at 108 points for his average for the year, priced at 976000 coming into this year. Caleb Sarong Stado, he was a big part of your team last year and, and, a, and a really solid pick to start the year. But as we've just discussed, you know, mouths to feed are now becoming a factor. Yeah, he was the one that dropped off when Young went in. So uh, he finished off the last five in the high 90s and last three, 97, uh, on a season average of 108. So he was fantastic to own from the start of the year. I got him on the right year. There's no doubts about that. But he looked like he was going to finish around the 111, 112 average, but he really dropped off soon as... uh, uh, young uh, went in. So I think he's the one that gets hurt. He's also the one that's the prime tag target. Um, so when we're talking about can the three of them get 100 plus, um, I think Brayshaw is the top. I predict that he can go to 115. He's in my team. I think uh, Sarong is probably the, the low 100, so 102 to 106. And I think Young is 97 to 102. So um, 110 to 115 is probably my Brayshaw range. So, um, uh, look, I think they're all really good options, to be honest, Um and probably Sarong's the only one that is overpriced in my eyes. All right, let's talk about another guy who had a career year, Luke Ryan, 99 average, $897,000. That brings his price in for this year. Oh, For me, it would be just a scary own to start with him. He, he's got this massive ceiling, but when he has to lock down Louis, you've always got to be panicking about the matchup-based stuff with Luke Ryan. But I just want to throw in that caveat as well. Hayden Young is moving out of there. Could we see a kicking boost on the other side and actually see that average maintained? Well, I don't think you'd see a kicking boost. I think from memory, Luke Ryan pretty much took up the lion's share of that anyway. But see, this is a guy that wouldn't surprise me if he's comfortably top six defense at the end of the year. But He's one of those guys that's hard to start now because he had such a good year last year. He pretty much comes in fully priced. So to make an argument that there's more upside there is 
a lot more difficult than what it is to say that he might lose, you know, one or two or, you know, up to 10 points. I'm not sure. But, yeah, not a whole lot of interest in Luke Ryan. Do any of you boys uh, have any interest there? I was just going to make a point. Um, the one that actually got a bump when Hayden Young went out was Jordan Clark. Yeah. He actually finished the season in defence uh, last three, 101 average, and he's priced at 77. Yeah, I love that, and I think I brought him up the other week. I'm actually a big fan of him, but I think what we've been saying on the last few shows as well is that price bracket that Jordan Clark's in as well is just the the most awkward sort of price bracket to back in to start a year. And, you know, you can probably have a look and see if he's looking like a premium defender because otherwise you just pay down a bit for, a you know, a Jack Bowes price range and uh, enjoy a price rise there rather than paying up the 750K or whatever it is. I'll have to look at what Jordan Clark is, but I think he's in that 700 to 800 bracket. It's tough, well, isn't it? I'd be really keen to own Luke Ryan if he played St Kilda every week. <laughs> yeah. Um, 18% of kick-ins, by the way, for Hayden Young last year, taking these from the Keeper League website, uh, Luke Ryan took 55%. And maybe that upside for Jordan Clark is that um, taking a few of those 18% that Hayden Young had, he only took just under 10% last year. So I like some of those numbers. He was one of the players that we were going to look at in the other players to discuss now. The other guys, we've got Heath Chapman, uh, popular among, I'd say, sort of the more niche fantasy circles that we talk in. He's definitely a popular player. One thing that I like to say, uh, he went from number 27 to number five, took Lockie Schultz's number. I always like looking at that, you know, big promising stuff, taking uh, Lockie Schultz's number five there as he took the part of the club. Louis, I know you've been a big talker about Heath Chapman this year. What do you like about him? Oh, I just think he's someone who's shown fantasy prospect before, even at AFL level. Uh, there's a role there for him with Hayden Young moving into the midfield. Chapman's already been talked about playing off of half back, and we know that's pretty conducive to fantasy points. So, bit of an injury interrupted uh, last year, and to be honest with you, probably a couple of years. So he hasn't reached his full potential yet. Uh, but at the price point, what is he about 490k? Uh, I'm not sure what that equates to in points, but I think 54. there's potentially, you know. Yeah, 25 points upside uh, if all things go well, which is a smash play in defence. So uh, being a part of the Fremantle system, as we know, they're pretty high fantasy scoring team. So it's all set up for him to to take that role and potentially um, yeah, up his fantasy scoring from that. Are you boys keen on him as well? Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty keen. Uh, there's a few around that price bracket that are worth a look, but uh he comes in at a discount, and I think there's a lot of upside. And, and you know, he's training, fully training, you know, no issues with his shoulder and stuff, so it should be good. Another guy that could also maybe play some wing, um, defender wing, whatever whatever you put in. He's definitely got a role in that best 22. That's that's the plain and simple facts. He's definitely best 22, what he can do out in the footy field. It's just a matter of, yeah, if he can start racking them up a bit, which we've seen he can do at times, just needs to get that consistency. And especially just in that young body, keep those injuries away and those soft tissue injuries away from Heath Chapman this year. Uh, Harmy, let's look at some of the, the, the ruck duo of Luke Jackson and Sean Darcy. Um, obviously, the the Luke Jackson factor, he does have that forward status, which is the temptation. Uh, either one of those interests you in starting. Could we see a Sean Darcy be our number one ruck in uh, 2024? Is there a scenario you see that happening? 
I'm pretty happy to just not talk about either, to be honest, Dossie, because <laughs> we've got so many available rucks at a good value. I don't think that Darcy's anywhere near it. Yeah. And Jackson's probably overpriced because he played a lot of time in that uh, ruck position filling in for Darcy, which if they're both fit, I wouldn't expect to occur. And and the only way it becomes relevant is if Sean Darcy's injured and Luke Jackson's got the number one gig. That's the big thing. Yep, just keep an eye on that. Grab Luke Jackson. You don't even have to see one game for him to grab him if that ever does eventuate this year. I reckon just jump on board. Uh, okay, finally, probably the biggest name um, that I've seen out there in terms of other than Hayden Young, in terms of hype recently, and he is getting up towards that fossil status, dare I say, Nat Fife. He's come back into calculations this year. I reckon Harmy might have been the first one of this crew that I heard talking about him. Um you know, he's becoming a bit prominent in the group chat now, though, Nat Fife, in a in a year where forwards are dire, he comes in under 500K, the superstar Nat Fife Harmy. Yeah, I think you guys laughed at me when I said floated the idea, <laughs> but look, it depends on the body, doesn't it? Um, the body and the role, and I guess both are, both are a watch at this uh, stage of the season. Have you seen the one-handed grabs today posted, actually, by the Fremantle social team? Have you seen the grabs? Stay well, tell you, I thought, three points. Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> Doesn't matter how look, good it looks, it's three points. Those intercubs, though, he's playing in the midfield, and I don't see any Yago mm. Mira in there, so he's got to be in the mix. Well, we... We've seen, what, three years of the five forward experiment and it's failed every single year. So mm. I think they've finally seen the light and they're, and they're just going to have a crack with him in the midfield. And by all accounts, he's he's finally fit for this time of the year. It's a long way to go yet. Uh, wouldn't be putting my eggs in that basket just yet. But uh, in a line where there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, Nat Fife priced at, what, 54 as well. Uh, yeah, plenty of value there and provides an option for you to jump off too at that price um, point. All right, before we wrap up, let's talk about the must-have for 2024. Will Brody uh, coming in. <laughs> My, My God. God. The fall off for everyone. See you next uh, week, team. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I don't have to wrap up this time. Forgot the uh, socials last time. So at PodPodAFL on X, formerly Twitter. Catch us on YouTube now. So if you want to see the video content, we're also doing stuff on Instagram, TikTok, all at PodPodAFL. Make sure you're following as well on uh, on Spotify. All that does is let it let you know when a new episode drops. Give us a rating if you want as well. Just do all the good stuff for us this preseason. Keep us up and running. And we will see you for the next preview pod. It's going to be Richmond. Let's go. Let's go.